0: Hello, everyone. This is Father Bill Nicholas, and this is Faith, Hope, and History. (music) Greetings and welcome, everybody. It is Friday, July 23rd, 2021. It was on this day in 1885 that the 18th President of the United States and Civil War General Ulysses S. Grant passed away after suffering from throat cancer, he being a long-time, if not lifetime, smoker of cigars. He would have died penniless as a result of some bad investments in his post-presidential life, but he was commissioned to write his memoirs, which he worked painstakingly to complete before he died, doing so just A couple of days before he died, and they were successful, a bestseller, and it restored the family fortune, so General Grant was able to provide for his family before he died. It was also on this day in 1948 that movie director D.W. Griffith died in Hollywood, California. Some of you may have heard of him of late during this period of cancellation of the cancel culture, in that one of the movies he produced was the very controversial The Birth of a Nation, which uh, is controversial in the manner in which it presents a U.S. history uh, and how it presents slaves and African Americans in this film. A landmark movie, but nonetheless controversial in what it depicts and how it depicts, but in many ways very much a product of its time. But the movie director, D.W. Griffith, died in Hollywood on this day in 1948. And what I want to talk to you about today, I decided not to talk about last week when things were hot on the heels of the news, Uh, give it a chance to sit for about a week, and that is the decision made last week by Pope Francis to roll back a decision made by his predecessor, Pope Benedict XVI, with regard to the celebration of the traditional Latin Mass in dioceses throughout the world. He began to limit the availability in celebrating it, leaving much, of course, to the local bishop, and my bishop here in San Francisco uh, is going to continue to make it available in various capacities in line with the directions of the Holy Father. But it has upset a great many people, some of whom just don't think it's necessary, and some of whom are very, very attached to the old traditional Latin Mass. And in looking it over, and especially seeing its development over the past week, just seeing how my bishop and other bishops are responding to it, I really don't think it's going to have that much of an impact in the grand scheme of things, because most Catholics do attend Mass as it is celebrated currently, the Novus Ordo as it is known. Uh, There are a great many Catholics who are fond of attending the Latin Mass, and many are no doubt very upset with the development of the Holy Father's directives. But in the grand scheme of things, I think the Church will be able to move on from it, and I think a lot of the reasons why people are upset, in addition to their fondness for the Latin Mass, is its comparison not with the Novus Ordo, but with how the Novus Ordo Mass is celebrated by some priests. The traditional Latin Mass is a very important Mass and a very important part of the history of liturgy and worship in the Catholic Church. And the Novus Ordo is the current rite that is celebrated uh, ordinarily to the point where the traditional Latin mass is called the extraordinary form or the extraordinary rite. But one thing I have found over the years is in the midst of this conflict or debate, one might even say rivalry, between the traditional Latin mass and the current Novus Ordo mass is how many Catholics really don't realize how many rites there are in the Catholic Church alone. Many are aware of only two, the Latin Mass and the non-Latin Mass, the Novus Ordo. But I recall a few years ago when I was stationed in Novato, California, our bookkeeper, terrific guy, took some time off, kind of vacation time, even though it wasn't vacation, working with the Doctors Without Borders program, in Egypt to provide services for children who had cleft palates. And I believe he was there during Easter. And he told me when he came back, he said, well, we went to a Catholic church. We thought it was Catholic. It was Easter. It said it was Catholic. But what they were doing in the mass was so unusual, we thought maybe we walked into the wrong church. And I told him, no, you didn't walk into a wrong church. You walked into a Catholic church, you just walked into a Catholic church that celebrates the Coptic rite. And I explained to him what I meant, because for most Catholics, and the Latin rite is the largest of all the rites of the Catholic church, and the Latin rite consists of two celebrations, the traditional Latin mass and the Novus Ordo. But what many people forget is that there are multiple rites in the Catholic church. And I don't mean Orthodox Church or Protestant Church. This is the Catholic Church in union with Rome. There are 24 different rites in the Catholic Church. Now, I have found in the attitudes and opinions of some Catholics in the midst of those 24 other rites, only one is celebrated in a language that is not spoken by the people, And if I am mistaken, I can at least say that I run into people who believe that of those 24 rites, only one of them believes they are the only valid one. But there are 24 rites in which the celebration of the Mass and the sacraments are done in the Catholic Church. And just to name a few, before I do that, let me back up and explain why that's so. Because the Western Church, which consists of the former Western Roman Empire, is principally the Latin Roman Church. But coming out of the Eastern Roman Empire, the Byzantine Empire, there were other Catholic rites and ways of celebrating the Mass. Many of them did break away when the Orthodox Church broke away, but over time, a lot of them did in fact return. And so while we have The say the Greek Orthodox Church, we also have the Byzantine Catholic Church, also centered in Greece. And you have such rites as, say, the Maronite Catholic Rite, which is centered in what is now Lebanon, which did break away at one time, but it was one of the first to come back. Well, why did it break away? Did it want to? No. But when you remember, almost a thousand years ago, when the East broke away from West, What is now Lebanon was on the far side of the Byzantine Empire, as far away in the Byzantine Empire as you can get from the Western Catholic Church. And so just for practicality's sake, no mass communication, no mass transit, no mass media, they would have been very isolated in the Byzantine Empire and therefore put themselves under the umbrella of the Orthodox Church until such time as it they were able to return to unity, union with the Holy Father and the Catholic Church. And so it's a historical development. And remember, this is faith, hope, and history, and we're getting into both faith and history in this. But let me tell you the list of the Eastern Catholic rites of the church. In the West, for example, there are The Ambrosian Rite, which is still celebrated in northern Italy, developed by St. Ambrose, and that is a rite that is far older than the traditional Latin rite. There's also the Dominican rite. The Dominican order has their own rite. And if you belong to a Dominican parish, you might experience that rite of worship in the Mass. And that's just two that are in the West. In the East, the Eastern Catholic Church has a number of rites. For example, under what is called the Alexandrian, which would be Egyptian, Alexandrian liturgical tradition, there is the Coptic Catholic Church centered in Cairo, there's the Eritrean Catholic Church centered in Asmara in Eritrea, and there's the Ethiopian Catholic Church centered in Addis Ababa in Ethiopia. So even in Ethiopia, Catholics have their own right that is hundreds, over a thousand years old. There's the Antiochian or Western Syrian liturgical tradition. There is, what I had just mentioned before, the Maronite Church in Lebanon, Cyprus, and Jordan. There's the Syriac Catholic Church in Beirut. And there's the Syrio-Malankara Catholic Church. There's an Armenian Catholic Church. There's a Chaldean Catholic Church. Also, Syria, Syrio-Malabar Catholic Church. And a little bit of trivia, the Chaldean Catholic Church is centered in Baghdad in Iraq. And if some of you may remember Tarek Aziz, who was the foreign minister in Iraq under Saddam Hussein, Tarek Aziz was a Catholic and a part of the Chaldean Catholic Rite. Of course, the largest group is centered in Constantinople, now Istanbul. And in that group, we have the Albanian Catholic Church, the Belarusian Catholic Rite, the Bulgarian Greek Catholic Rite, the Byzantine Church of Croatia, Serbia, and Montenegro Catholic Church, the Greek Byzantine Catholic Church, the Hungarian Greek Catholic Church, the Italo Albanian Catholic Church, Macedonian Catholic Church, Melikite Greek Catholic Church, Romanian Church that's united in Rome with Rome. The Russian Catholic Church, not the Russian Orthodox, the Russian Catholic Church, the Ruthenian Catholic Church, the Slavic Catholic Church, and the Ukrainian Catholic Church. All these churches are in union with the Holy Father and the bishops throughout the world and are part of the Catholic Church. Some of you may remember either the funeral of John Paul II or the election of Benedict XVI and Subsequently, Pope Francis. One of the cardinals at the funeral of John Paul II, who incensed the casket toward the end of the funeral mass, had a mitre that looked like a crown. And I remember the third graders describing me this crown, having watched that portion of the funeral, and they talked about the crown, not the mitre. And I explained to them that he belonged to an Eastern Rite Catholic Church. Some might remember different headdresses and different styles of robes that some cardinals wore. As you saw them line up to take the promise of secrecy in electing the new pope, some of them looked different than the cardinals were familiar seeing, and that's because they belong to different rites. And they have cardinals who participate in the conclaves and the elections of the Holy Father and in uh, advising the pope. They look different, they dress different, because they belong to different rites. We're used to seeing the Western rite, and the Western rite has two principal rites, the Novus Ordo and the traditional Latin Mass. So, the Latin Mass is not the only Mass out there. All these others have different ways of celebrating the Eucharist, and they are perfectly valid. I think part of the issue with why many people are attached to the Latin Mass is, of course, its nostalgia, its history, the solemnity. But you have to remember that the Novus Ordo can and has also been very solemnly celebrated. But I'll be the first to admit that there are priests out there who, in celebrating the Novus Ordo Mass, somehow seem to think that Vatican II was a whitewash in all tradition and that everything is now a free-for-all. And they have made the current Novus Ordo Mass into their own dog and pony show or stand up comedy routine. And I have to admit, as a Catholic and as a priest, I find that very irritating. Do we not take seriously the fact that this is worship? Doesn't mean we have to be miserable. We can sing very joyful songs. But cert- there has to be a certain solemnity to what we're doing because, as I say, it's no Slim Pickens, it's only worshiping God Almighty. And it's not slim pickings. It is very important. But we have some priests who turn it into their own personal show. They embellish pretty much everything. As a priest, the only thing I embellish is the homily. And there's where we can be creative and we bring our own gifts of of speech and oratory to the um, the homily. But in celebrating the Novus Ordo Mass, there's nothing wrong with some chant or song in Latin or some traditional songs, be it they, be they in English or in Latin, or celebrating with incense, regardless of whether some people out of compulsion just start coughing, because it is God who has asked us in the book of Exodus to include incense in worship with him, and it's a constant part of worship throughout the scriptures, and a constant part of worship in many, of the, if not all, of these Eastern rites, including the Orthodox rites. And there's no reason why we can't include incense in the Novus Ordo, and many do, Now, I have to admit, I was once interested in learning the traditional Latin Mass. Unfortunately, my experience of some of the people who prefer it was a bit of a put-off. I was actually approached by an organization down in Southern California, and perhaps it's, it's well and good that I don't remember the name of this group, but they liked the way I celebrated the regular Novus Ordo Mass. How I celebrated it? the chanting that I did, I guess my demeanor and disposition in celebrating the Mass. And so they approached me via email wanting to sponsor me to send me to, I believe it was Omaha, Nebraska, to take a workshop to learn the Latin Mass. And I was interested. A good thing to know in case it is needed to be celebrated somewhere, you have a priest who would know it. And so they were in the process of letting me know what the plans were, but they told me that the stipulation was, the condition was, that I had to promise to celebrate the Latin Mass at least once a month for six months. Now, not being a pastor, I told them that I was not in a position to make that promise. So I said, let me give you a counteroffer. You can sponsor me and you will have one more priest out there who knows the Latin Mass and is prepared to celebrate it if and when it is needed or you can stick to your guns, you don't sponsor me, and you won't have that one extra priest out there who knows it. And I remember the email in response. They said, Father, you drive a hard bargain, but they said they're going to stick to their policy, and they did not sponsor me, and life went on for me, and I have simply resolved that I will be an advocate of the Novus Ordo Mass. I will not be an enemy of the Latin Mass, but I will be a Novus Ordo priest, and I will celebrate that rite solemnly. I will make it worship. I will lead the people. And one thing that's emphasized in the celebration of the sacraments is that the priest acts in persona Christi. This is not about the priest. Many people say turning the priest around and facing the people suddenly made it about the priest. No, it didn't. If the priest is representing Christ and he's celebrating it in the name of Christ, And so closely that when the priest consecrates, it's Christ who consecrates. When the priest baptizes, it's Christ who's baptizing. When the priest gives absolution and confession, it is Christ who is absolving from sins through the priest. I take that very seriously. And therefore, I want to face the direction of the man I'm representing who's on the crucifix. I'm facing the same direction as that man on the crucifix and leading the people. This isn't about me simply because I'm facing the people. And so my preference is to simply do the Mass solemnly. However, I am aware that there are priests, and I've seen them. I've had to endure either concelebrating or celebrating in the congregation some priests who take the Mass and turn it into their own stand-up comedy routine. You know, the Tonight Mass starring Father Jones with musical guests and airfare provided by American Airlines. Brought to you by Hilton Hotel, Mass is not a show. It's not an entertainment. And even when people will come up to me and say, Father, I don't like the incense. A part of me, and I do say it depending on who it is, but a part of me wants to tell them it's not about you. It's not even about me who gets a full blast of the incense when it is used. This is about worshiping God. And before we decide what we should get out of it, we need to decide what we're going to put into it. And the one thing about the Novus Ordo Mass, that's essential, is the participation of the people. That's not the case in the Latin Mass. Even when you go to communion, the priest says, Corpus Christi, Amen, Corpus Christi, Amen. In English, that would be, the body of Christ, Amen, the body of Christ, Amen. The people don't even say Amen when receiving communion. I know because in the Latin Masses that I have attended, they always remind you of that at the beginning of the celebration. But that's not the case in the Novus Ordo Mass. It requires the participation of the people. I say, the Lord be with you, and the people respond, and with your spirit. It is not supposed to be the priest saying, the Lord be with you, and the only thing we hear are the crickets. Being in San Francisco, I've even had some people tell me, well, we're saying it in our hearts, Father. To which I respond, well, maybe tomorrow I'll say Mass in my heart which they would not like because they would not be able to hear me because I'm saying it in my heart. It's the same way with the people's parts. I have my parts as the priest and the people have their parts. The participation is essential in the Novus Ordo Mass. There are some prayers that are said by the priest and not by the people. There are some prayers that are said by the people and not by the priest. And in some cases, the priest will say those prayers even though he's not to say those prayers. And there are some prayers that are said together, people with the priest. And there are some parts that are a back and forth with the priest. The Lord be with you, response, and with your spirit. Lift up your hearts, response. We lift them up to the Lord, and so on and so forth. That's an important part of the Novus Ordo rite. And that is the biggest challenge, I think, for priests, is getting the people to respond and participate. Rather than sitting there like bumps on logs, passively going through the motions, if they're even going through any motions, and marking time to fulfill an obligation. They need to actively worship. Full active participation does not mean liturgical dance and clapping, although there are some who think that's what it means. That's not what it means. It means the people have their parts, and they, like the priest, are worshiping God, and they are being led by the priest. They're not attending an action done only by the priest. They are being led by the priest, who's acting in persona Christi, And they have their parts as well. And I think that's the hardest challenge to the current Novus Ordo Mass. Also, the leadership of the church in assuring that the Mass is celebrated as an act of worship, not as an entertainment for the people. And I think that's one of the reasons why so many are turned off by the Novus Ordo. Is because some priests turn it into their own personal show. However, as I like to remind some of the Latin Mass Catholics, that I will acknowledge that sometimes the priests are to blame for the dislike that some people have of the Novus Ordo. But those same priests, if we were to go back to nothing but the Latin Mass tomorrow, exclusively from now on Latin Mass, the traditional Latin Mass Catholics would be ecstatic But those same priests who are turning the Novus Ordo Mass into their own dog and pony show and their own stand-up comedy routine will then turn the Latin Mass into their own dog and pony show and their own stand-up comedy routine. They'll do the same thing to the Latin Mass that they are now doing to the Novus Ordo and will have the same problem. It'll no longer be, when are we having the Latin Mass? It will be, which Mass is done by Father Jones so I can avoid it? And so that leads me to think that that's one of the reasons why some of the people are led to the Latin Mass is because so many priests out there turn the Novus Ordo Mass into a show rather than worship. They make it about them rather than making it about Christ. They're not acting in persona Christi. They're acting as their own personal comedy routine. But they need to return to making this worship. We also need to teach people that how we dress, how we make our children behave, arriving on time, not leaving early, not being so cavalier in our approach, enhances the right. You go to the traditional Latin Mass, you'll see families there with children who behave. They know how to dress. They arrive on time. They don't leave early. The Novus Ordo parishes get what some might refer to as the riffraff, the families who couldn't make their children behave even if they tried, who don't know how to dress, who don't participate, who show up when they feel like it and leave before it's over. A great many do not, and a great many are Novus Ordo Catholics and are very solemn, very prayerful. They do participate. But you do see those distractions. And I always like to say, worship is only as deep as the loudest screaming child. Because parents either have difficulty or refuse to teach their children proper behavior during the Mass. They fall behind the idea of, oh, the children are playing before the Lord. Jesus said, let the children come to me. And the rest of us who are trying to worship have to put up with it. So yes, there are areas of leadership that could be improved in the Novus Ordo Mass. But if we were to go suddenly back to the traditional Latin Mass, tonight, starting tomorrow, and on to the future, you'd have those same problems now, because now everyone would be going to the traditional Latin Mass. Given that, if we have the proper training and teaching of the people, the proper support and encouraging of parents who have the task of teaching their children proper reverence and worship in the Mass, then we will truly see a reverence return to the Novus Ordo, and actually a reverence that never left. It's only because the people and the priests do not exercise that reverence. And we will perhaps see people returning to the Novus Ordo. But there is to be acknowledged those of the traditional Latin Mass who do behave divisively. And I've met them. You know They take all of my training and reduce it to nothing. And every now and again, they will say, well, the mass is invalid. The Pope is invalid. The church is now heretical. And all I can say to them is, I do not have the authority to make that determination. And neither do they. Who do they think they are? to declare the church to be heretical, to declare the mass to be invalid, to say that the Eucharist is not the Eucharist simply because they don't like the particular rite Of their own personal authority, they declare that Jesus' promise that the Holy Spirit would always guide the church is now coming to an end. Now, granted, it's not everybody and a small minority of the Latin mass Catholics, but they are a very loud and vocal minority, and it does turn people off and give them a negative sense of the Latin Mass, just as cavalier priests give the negative view of the current Mass to many people who value the prayer and the solemnity. But for most Catholics, there are those who do prefer the traditional Latin Mass who are not divisive, who are very sincere, who are not pharisaical, thinking they're better than anybody because they go to Latin Mass and receive communion kneeling and on the tongue. And there are very reverent, very deeply reverent and faithful Catholics who celebrate the Novus Ordo Mass and have no problem receiving communion, standing and in the hand. I don't have the authority to say which is more reverent and which isn't. I don't have the authority to say which is Valid and which isn't. What I do have the authority to do is celebrate the Mass reverently, to celebrate it well, and for Pete's sake, to celebrate it right. And when more priests do that, then you'll perhaps see greater unity and harmony in the church and a lack of what Pope Francis found necessary to roll back Pope Benedict's allowance for the celebration of the Latin Mass. But another thing I want to point out is that we can't make worship a battleground. We can't make the Eucharist a battleground. And this isn't just traditionalists who do this. People of both sides, liberals and conservatives, do this. You hear people on one side determine which liberals should or should not receive communion. And they are not the bishops who make that determination. These are lay people. And on the one hand, you have liberals who will say, well, what would Jesus say about a certain situation? And when they answer that question, lo and behold, it's always going to be, well, you know, he'd say what I would say. He'd do what I would do. And it usually has to do with the moral life. What would Jesus say? He'd say it's about love. How do you know? Do you read it in scriptures? And that can be a very irritating thing about the more liberal Catholics whose battleground is church moral teaching. But of the conservative Catholics, it's liturgy that becomes their battleground. Let me explain how. You ask a traditional Latin Mass Catholic, why they like the traditional Latin Mass. And what will be their answer? More often than not, they will answer, it's so beautiful, or it moves me to tears. The question is beautiful to who? Beautiful and emotional are subjective. This must be the more solemn way of celebrating the Mass. This must be the more valid way of celebrating the Mass, because it makes me feel uplifted. It makes me feel good. It moves me to tears. I believe it is beautiful. But we know beauty is subjective. I want to hear something a little more substantial than it's so beautiful. Because in the end, a traditional Catholic liking a certain mass because they think it's beautiful is no different than a liberal Catholic in the area of church moral teaching, saying, this isn't a sin because I think Jesus would say this. In other words, both sides paint God in their own image. But the focus is not on personal gratification. We hope it lifts our spirits. We hope it leads us to prayer. But we got to stop judging whether God likes something or not based on whether I like it, or you like it, or we like it. And that, I think, is the real fallacy here, because in the end, we're not worshiping God. We may think we are, but we're not worshiping God. We're worshiping a rite. We're worshiping a language. We're worshiping a communion rail. We're worshiping certain vestments. We're worshiping Latin chant. Or, on the other side, we're worshiping liturgical dance. We're worshiping class clapping. We're worshiping dog and pony show. We're worshiping something that only I get something out of without putting anything in it in terms of worship. And that is the measure on which we judge what God's will is. But we forget that even St. Paul said, God's ways are not my ways. And we've got to remember that when we're judging of our own personal authority, which is worth nothing, that the church is now invalid or heretical The Mass is now invalid. The Eucharist is no longer the Eucharist. The Pope isn't the Pope. And the Holy Spirit has left the Church. Because I don't like the way the Mass is celebrated. I don't like the Novus Ordo. I don't like the traditional Latin Mass. And in many ways, it goes both ways. And both sides really need to look at their disposition in terms of worship. Just today, someone was talking to me about this whole conflict. And they said, you know, Father, they love the Novus Ordo Mass. And they hear people ask me, why do you hate the traditional Latin Mass so much? I love the word people use. They use the word hate everywhere nowadays. Everything's hate. Why do you hate the Latin Mass? And he said, Father, I want to ask them, why do they hate the Novus Ordo? It goes both ways. And so, yes, it was a decision— that the Holy Father, who has more information than I have, felt necessary to make. But he didn't completely suppress the Latin Mass. He left it up to the bishops. And for newly ordained priests who would like to learn the Latin Mass, they need to get the permission of their bishop via the permission of the Holy See. And in my opinion, that's not too much to ask. That's not taking away the Latin Mass. That's not making it unavailable to people who cherish that tradition. But at the heart of the issue is the divisiveness of some, not most, but some, who cling to the Latin Mass claiming that the Holy Spirit has left the church And that anything outside the Latin Mass is invalid. As I said, we've got 24 other rites of the church that are not the Latin Mass. That are much older than the Latin rite. And they are perfectly valid celebrations of the sacraments and especially the Eucharist. It is still the body and blood of Christ in those celebrations. But what we need to do is look at how we approach our worship. Do we think it's pleasing to God because it's pleasing to us? Do we think it's beautiful to God because it's beautiful to us? And therefore we declare anything that's not pleasing to us as invalid. Taking on an authority that is not ours. And that's both for the Novus Ordo and the traditional Latin Mass. But especially now, I will say, in the Novus Ordo, that has to be celebrated with solemnity. It has to be treated as worship not as entertainment, even if that's what the people want, is entertainment. It can't be treated like entertainment. Because the Mass is not a show, and the priest is not the master of ceremonies. He's not the host. He's the presider. And so those are my thoughts for this week. The Church will get through this. The Novus Ordo will survive. The traditional Latin Mass will continue to be provided under the stricter supervision of the bishop, with, in some cases for newly ordained, the approval of the Holy See. But we must get back to the mass being worship, not as a battleground that reduces two groups in the church the same way we separate political parties, between liberals and conservatives, Republicans and Democrats, progressives and traditionalists, it's worship of God we're talking about here. And if we have any knowledge of history, and remember this is faith, which we've had, hope, which I hope I'm giving, and history, our Catholic Church is truly a Catholic Church in its worship because we have so many rites of worship throughout the world in the church that are hundreds, over a thousand years old, much, much older than the Latin Rite or the Novus Ordo Rite. And perhaps if we remember that part of our history, then that will give us the hope that yes, we may not have the Latin Mass available, but we will still have those priests, like I pray myself, who make the current Mass something solemn, something prayerful, and something that is not an entertainment except to God which is not judged by whether I like it or not, or whether I get something out of it or not, but am I offering sincere worship to God in a way that is solemn, serious, and done with a reverence and a dignity, which the traditional Latin Mass is noted for, and the Novus Ordo is capable of achieving when celebrated correctly, which has the potential for being lost if we ever go exclusively back to the Latin Mass, because those priests who make the current Mass a joke will simply make the Latin Mass a joke. But a solemnity I don't think we will ever achieve if we don't have the Latin Mass to be that example from history and tradition to influence, nourish, and inform the Novus Ordo Mass. And perhaps if we priests took it more seriously, then the people will take it more seriously and see it as something important to arrive on time, not leave early, dress properly, and teach our children to behave, to teach your children to behave. But in the end, this is not the end of the church. This is not the end of the world. Pandemic and apocalypse are not influenced by something like this. But the hatred generated for Pope Francis needs to cease. This is the man that God has chosen for our church. We may not know the purposes, and it may be a little confusing. He's not Pope Benedict. He's not Pope John Paul II. Let the man that God chose be the man that God chose who's not leading this church in a vacuum. Let's put our faith back in the words of Christ that he will remain with our church in all things until the end of time. And that has not changed simply because a few people by their own illicit authority have declared Vatican II invalid and the Novus Ordo Mass invalid. So remember the richness of our liturgical tradition in the Catholic Church, not just the Latin Mass, but all these rites, and let us take that tradition to inform the Novus Ordo rite, which is the current rite in which the Catholic Church worships God. Let us not retreat behind an old rite like the traditional Latin Mass, even if we are very sincere people who like it. And let us not allow divisive people on both sides to discourage us into thinking that somehow this is what God wants because this is what I like. In the end, it's not about us. It's about the worship of God. So I thank you for your attention. I hope this has made some semblance of sense. I hope it gives you a sense of hope for the future. We'll make it through this hardly a crisis because we are still gathering to worship God and people throughout the world are gathering to worship God validly, solemnly, reverently with a true sense of awe in who it is we worship whether it be the Latin rite, the Novus Ordo rite or any of the rich Eastern Catholic rites. We all come together for one purpose and that is to worship God. We need to do that part in making that a reality, no matter what right we celebrate. So thank you for listening. Visit my website, www.frbillnicholas.com. Visit my YouTube page, Father William Nicholas. Thank you for listening to my podcast of this week. And with any luck, I'll talk to you again soon.